Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick Jay and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, August 29th, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 24, the third paragraph, beginning with, the alcoholic may say to himself, and reading through, or what's the use anyhow? Today's readers are... Carmela G. in the 12 Steps, Joni C. the 12 Traditions. Our big book readers are Mar Joe in the text, Renee A. on page 164, and Craig F. is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Chrissy O., and our second hour moderator is Ken W.H. The share ID for Sunday, August 28, 2022, is 19,338. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who... Through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Carmela G. to read the 12 steps. Carmela, go ahead and uh, hit star one to unmute. Thank you so much, Rick. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of our lives. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, I pass. Thank you so much, Carmela. I will now ask Joni C. to read the 12 Traditions. 
Good morning. This is Joni C., gratefully recovered but not cured in Minnesota. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service lead boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Joni. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I'll give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 24, the third paragraph, beginning with, The alcoholic may say to himself in reading through, or what's the use anyhow? I will now ask Marjo to begin reading. Good morning. Marjo, recovered in Walpole, Massachusetts, eternally grateful. The alcoholic may say to himself in the most casual way, it won't burn me this time, so here's how. Or perhaps he doesn't think at all. 
How often have some of us begun to drink in this nonchalant way, and after the third or fourth, pounded on the bar and said to ourselves, For God's sakes, how did I ever get started again? Only to have the thought supplanted by, Well, I'll stop by the sixth drink, or What's the use anyhow? This paragraph is just reminds me of how many times I didn't pound on the bar, but I pounded on the kitchen counter. I baked that cake, and I was only going to have one piece. And here it is, 4.30 in the afternoon. Might as well finish it up, because now there's only a little bit left. I don't want anybody to know I baked and ate a whole cake by myself. And how often it was just that first bite. But before the first bite, of course, I didn't recognize it, but it was that obsession of the mind. Why don't you bake this today? Why don't you make that today? And to know that I still remember losing 50 pounds without a program. I remember the first time that I cooked something after hours thinking, this is okay, it's healthy, it's cheese and tomato, but of course there was the good old white bread under it. And I had taken that first bite and that set me off and I was able to become desperate enough to ask about this program and have somebody tell me you might like it go ahead and go and I did and I've never left and I've gone through all kinds of different food plans etc and coming to visions even after all those years of really enjoying a decent abstinence. I learned more and more about alcoholic foods. I have had more and more comforts as far as I just don't have that. That's not my food plan. And to be able to say that when I am tempted or if something looks especially good, uh, I stop and think, yeah, but that's not for you because step one, Marge, step one, just give that thought. Do you need that hopeless feeling in your life, that defeated feeling, that, oh, my God, how did I get started again? And suddenly it's all I can think about is when can I get the next bite? Where can I go? Where can I be alone so I can stuff my face? I don't want to go back there. This whole chapter is telling us there is a solution. It's your step work, and it's your staying in touch with your higher power and giving yourself the gift of not just abstinence, but of the gift of your higher power, the gift of that insane thinking, being at rest for one for today, one day at a time. And with that, I'll close, except to say thank you for allowing me to do service for the month of August. All right. Thank you so much for getting us started, Marge. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Tanya D. Tanya D. Gotcha, Tanya. Charles H. Charles H. Got you, brother. Loretta H. 
Good morning, Loretta. Gotcha. K.S. K.S. Got room for a couple more here. Jessica S. Jessica S. All right. I think we'll stop right there. Here's what I have. Tanya D., Charles H., Loretta H., K.S., Jessica F., I believe, Judith S.P. If I got the initial, your last name wrong, uh, just uh, correct me when you're giving me your name. And please, guys, include the state you're from. Tanya D., you're up next, followed by Charles H. Go ahead, Tanya. Hi, this is uh, Tanya D., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Illinois. And, um, wow, this is a great paragraph. Um, you know, I was not one of those people who set out to binge. Um, I always thought I was just going to have one, um, just a little bit, because, you know, I was always trying to diet. And so I tell myself, okay, I will just have one. And then inevitably, uh, once I had that one of, uh, you know, my, my binge foods, I would go, or sometimes not even, you know, my binge foods, but I would just go back. And at that point, that there would be some sort of mental fog. I didn't even know what I was doing. It's like, well, you know, that wasn't enough. Let me have some more. And then, yes, like once it's two-thirds of the way, you know, got to finish it to hide the evidence. And, um, you know, and I would go to bed stuffed, and it was so demoralizing, you know, and I would tell myself um, the next day it will be different. It will be different this time. And And that is, you know, the insanity of it is, um, until I heard about OA, I never looked at my pattern and say, this is crazy. How how can it be different next time there's something wrong, you know? But I was such in the throes of the disease, um, and I didn't, you know, know what the disease was, that to me it just seemed like, okay, I just need more willpower, a different diet, um, you know, a different something. Like, it won't hurt me this time. Here's how. Um, and it always ended up in the same place. And I'm really grateful that I found out about OA and, you know, what is my real problem so that I could break the cycle. But that, because without it, I would have just kept going, you know, to um, morbid obesity, to demoralization. I mean, the um, emotional pain of going through this, um, I mean, by the end of my disease pretty much every day um, felt really, really unbearable, um, especially when I would be isolating and knowing that I could, you know, go and join, uh, you know, other people and be with them. And um, at some point, like, I realized I was just a slave to the food, but I still thought I could control it. And I'm so grateful that um, there is a different way. And it, sometimes it feels very paradoxical that, you know, I'm not controlling my food, but it's under control, but it really works. Um, you know, the steps really work. So if you're out there in that cycle, um, you know, the steps work. Uh, thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, uh, Tanya D. Charles H., you're up next, followed by Loretta H. Go ahead, Charles. Thank you, Rick, for your service. This is Charles H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I want to drill right down to the last sentence. What's the use anyhow? Life, purpose, dignity, integrity, 
um, a life beyond my wildest dreams. You know, it says uh, somewhere in, in, in the stories, I believe it's 310 or 316, don't quote me, but um, it says when I put AA first, program first, all my secondary things will become up front or something along those lines. So what's the use anyhow? A life outside of OA. Dignity. Closer relationship with God, higher power, whatever you want to call your um, your your source. Uh, better relationships with people. Playing nicely with, with God's kids in the sandbox all over the world. You know, whatever your dreams are, right? Like Roseanne said, a life beyond my wildest dreams. Not just waiting for the next meeting. Not holding my breath underwater. Not pounding on the bar or pounding in Dunkin' Donuts or McDonald's or any of those places, not trying to fix people, having halfway apathy and halfway detaching with love, but kindness, tolerance, love, patience, pity, not self-pity, but pity for mankind. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Charles. All right. Loretta H., you're up next, followed by KS. Go ahead, Loretta. Good morning. Oh, there you are. I got you. Good morning, Rick. Thank you for your service, and also thank everybody on this line along with my precious God who is saving my life today, and I live, I'm Rick's neighbor in North Carolina. And I, I, I looked up the word supplemented, only have that thought, supplemented by, well, I'll stop the, at the sixth drink. And supplemented means to replace. And I came into the rooms in 2001 because I could not, my father was dying. He wanted me to come out to California to help him or to make amends to me for his alcoholism. And I could, I did not show up because I was in the throes of this disease. I had a stress fracture from overrunning, and um, I wanted to pull the mattress down like Bill did, um, and I couldn't get it downstairs because I had stress. That's not true, but anyway. Um, and I did not show up, and I did not show up for his death. And I was totally, totally broken, and I thought, I really thought that that would make me stop that, but it didn't. It didn't. I continued for another six months of binging and starving and binging and starving. And with God's grace and mercy um, today, I know I have a spiritual malady, but in order for me to recover from the spiritual malady, I needed to learn how to eat. And I was very fortunate that I had a sponsor who was a nutritionist. She was and also ran two big book meetings after our run, and she had never had a drink before in her life, but she ran to get this book because as um, the others have shared, this book will solve all my problems, and especially this physical malady that I have of actually coveting anorexia. And that's why I always binged. I learned that because God didn't want me to die. And today with God's grace and mercy, I have supplemented it 
with God. And whenever I think I can, and the anorexia comes up at times, I have to turn to God like my hair is on fire because it still is a part of my makeup. It's arrested one day at a time. And I have steps to actually solve the problem with that part of my disease and all my problems. Thank God for the steps. Thank God for you. And thank God for God who did save my life, even though at the time he was tormenting it or I was tormenting it. And with that, I pass. All right. Perfect timing. We're at it. All right. KS, you're up. Next, followed by Jessica F. Go ahead, Kay. Kay, hit star one to unmute, please. Good morning. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Uh, Good morning. This is Kay S., also from North Carolina. Thanks, everyone, for your service. Back in recovery, back in OA after a long absence. So happy to be on this meeting. First time sharing, possibly ever. Uh, I uh, so relate to this uh, paragraph. I um, am just absorbing, as I'm back at, at step one, the understanding about the allergy of the body. Other times when I've been in OA, that's not something that I ever got. And really, don't know how I missed it, <laughs> but um, was uh, I, I certainly get the the obsession um, that's always been there, but I just never connected to the allergies of the body. And um, I, I have I've got about two weeks of of abstinence, thanks be to God. I was at a ball game with my husband last night, and you know, still early in recovery, um, have been doing a very good job with planning and just kind of spaced it out last night, didn't plan my food very well, ended up being in this ball game, uh, realized I had not planned dinner. And so I thought, oh, well, surely they'll have something here, <laughs> a ball game. Not true. So I'm wandering around down, down at, at where they have all the concessions, and I'm thinking, well, this isn't going to work, this isn't work. Ended up with a grilled chicken sandwich. So I take it upstairs to where my husband's sitting, and I'm sitting there with this thing, looking at this sandwich with the bread, thinking, well, you know, and then the disease starts. Well, it's just bread. Well, of course, I'm going through, in my mind, I haven't had flour for two weeks. I have this out of my system. And and the game begins. Um, Well, so I ask my higher power, well, just just help help me here, because I'm still at the beginning of working the steps again. And so... I knew what would happen if I would eat that. I knew it might not happen right away, but I knew that the obsession at least would begin because as soon as that happened, it would be, oh, on to the next thing. Well, what else do they have downstairs? And I was already looking around, seeing what everybody else was eating, all of the other little baseball game treats. But I knew that that would just be the beginning. And I thought, I don't want this to happen again. I'm still early. I I have already lived this way. I've lived this way for almost 60 years. And my body has, has been ravaged by this disease. And this is my only hope. I don't have anywhere else to go. And I've, I've said that before. <laughs> but I'm back again. And hopefully this time I'll get it. 
I have a sponsor that gets it this time and understands this is an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And we are um, working the steps. We're getting ready to really take a jump forward in that now that I'm abstinent. And so thankfully, I was able to resist eating that. And so I woke up this morning still abstinent and very, very grateful. And uh, I'll just say I know that this is a double whammy. I've got it. There's no question. And I'm just so grateful to have this information. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. All right, Kay. Thank you. Jessica F., you're up next, followed by Judith S.P. Go ahead, Jessica. Yes, hi, good morning. This is um, Jessica Ashes and Surrender, um, living gracefully in um, Ohio. Um, you know, this paragraph reminds me of the reason why I need to sponsor. Um, I had a situation at work last week where the food was literally just um, calling to me. It was just screaming to me. And, you know, I think to myself, or at least I thought to myself, because it's past tense, I thought to myself, you know, I don't have any um, food problem. I don't have a food problem because, you know, basically for the most part, I'm, I've been experiencing food neutrality. You know, I don't have food stuff. You know, I'm doing my program. But then when I realized when disaster strikes, or at least in my opinion, when disaster strikes and everything is basically going to hell, you know, I think, oh, you know, maybe I, I can, you know, take some of my allergic foods with, with no problem. You know, I, I can have that serving of um, cupcake or I can have that serving of um, nacho cheese and chips, you know, with no problem because it's not going to bother me this time. And, you know, when I think about, you know, going through the stuff, you know, with a newcomer, I, I, I'm reminding, I'm sorry, when I go through the stuff with a newcomer, I'm reminded that, you know, I have this disease because when I do this step with the um, with someone else who's new in the program, I'm basically doing exactly what they're doing. If they're doing a food history, I'm doing a food history because I, I, I need to be reminded I, ha- I have that um, I have that built-in forgetter where it will um, where I will forget where I came from and forget why I'm even here, you know, because at, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm an alcoholic with food. At the beginning of the day, I'm an alcoholic with food. No matter, no matter how many times I do my nightly inventory, no matter how many times I do a Tim step, I will always be an alcoholic. And this paragraph is something that I probably have to read every single day without fail, because it, it, that moment that I forget, I'm basically letting my disease win. And with that, I'll pass this. Peace out. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Judith SP, you're up next, Paul, and then we'll get some more names. Um, Go ahead, Judith. Hi, my name is Judith SP from Maryland. Thank you, God, and thank you, Rick, and everyone for being on this line. Um, The last sentence in the paragraph before says there's a complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting the hand on a hot stove. And then I say to myself, uh, I won't get burned this time. Oh, boy, Judith. 
where is your head? It's definitely not looking up and trusting God. Um, I've been amnesic, and uh, I know there's several different levels of consciousness. There's subconsciousness, uh, consciousness, and higher consciousness. And uh, if I thought I was living in subconsciousness, I think I was below that. And as this paragraph was being written, I mean read today, um, I flashed on the story, and I'm not going to go into all the details of Rip Van Winkle. And there's one description of Rip Van Winkle that says uh, that as life passes by, life passes by with or without a person uh, being involved, and uh, change will happen, whether it's healthy change or change in a destructive way. Um, Either I'm in life or I'm out of life. And for most of my life, I thought I was in life because my disease and my insane thinking was terrifically rational. You know, just do it the way Judith says. That bite won't hurt me. And on and on and on. And it never worked. And what the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind has done in such a devastating way is eaten away literally and figuratively on my spirit. And when I came in this program, the physical wasn't what drove me here. I wasn't one of, I had done all the diet clubs. I had done the supports. I came in here because I was near death and needing resuscitation spiritually. I didn't really know that at the time, but as I started working with a sponsor and working on the steps and hearing from others, coming to this meeting, doing all that I've done and continue to do, I realized I was spiritually near death. And it wasn't a positive near-death experience where I saw the light and said, or heard God say, no, I'm not ready for you quite yet. Go back. You have a purpose. And so what this reminds me is that I never, never can trust my own thinking. I've said and have heard the mind is the one place I never go unsupervised. God has to supervise me and guide me so I can live in the light and love of God, one day at a time. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Judith. Before we continue with our second group of names, we are in the chapter, There is a Solution, page 24, the third paragraph, beginning with, The alcoholic may say to himself, and reading through, or what's the use anyhow? And though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. Who else would like to share today? Alexis F. Ramona okay. Hold on just a second. I heard uh, Alexis F., and I think it was Jack W. Uh, there was somebody right in there. Uh, who, uh, who did I miss right there? Ross Ann. Ross Jack and 
Jackie A. Renee A. Renee A. Chris M. Chris M. Okay. Here's what I've got so far. Alexis S. Ross N. I think. Jack. I thought I heard a Jack W. Uh, Jackie A. Renee A. Chris M. Um, anybody else? Ramona A. Ramona A. Craig, okay. Craig F. All right, Craig. Gotcha. Um, all right, let's uh let's stop right there. Um Alexis S, you're uh up first here and then followed by I think it's Ross Ann, so just please remember to give me the first initial of your last name and include the state you're from. Go ahead, Alexis. Hi, this is Alexis F. from New Jersey. Thank you for your service, and thank you, everyone, for being here. Uh, for the most part, I'm neutral to food. Occasionally, a food thought will come in in my mind, or I'll feel a temptation, and uh, when I do, I turn it over and um, ask God to help me because I say it's out of my control, and it's uh, I can't... Um, I can't deal with it. Please take it. And uh, I'm, I don't romanticize the food. Uh, when my in-laws traveled, they brought back soap monkeys. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. And um, my daughter sometimes looks at TV and there's violence. And I said, don't look at it. Don't look at the violence. Don't look at... Um, she was looking at my 600-pound life one time, and I said, don't look at your body that big um, because it, it plants in your mind a seed that, um, you know, that could uh, that could happen to me or, um, you know, um, I could eat like that. And uh, those are good thoughts to have. Like, I'm not immune to... Uh, you know, being that heavy, being a compulsive overeater, and I'm not immune to violence. I, I certainly have had times where I've been violent in my life. But, um, you know, to uh, watch it, um, I tell her, see no evil, speak no evil, uh, hear no evil. And um, when, when, I, when I do get thoughts that are negative and emotions that come up. I let go and let God for the most part. And um, it's uh, it's been sustaining me for a while now, and I'm very grateful for this program, for teaching me the uh, precepts um, and the principles um, that have helped me uh, grow throughout my emotional and spiritual life. Thank you. Physical. Uh, thank you, Alexis S. All right. I, I believe it's Ross Ann. Forgive me if I've got it wrong. You're up next, followed by Jack W. Go ahead, Ross Ann. Thank you so much. It's Ross Ann B. in Detroit, and I'm so happy to be with you all this morning. And um, I only have a moment, and so I just want to put out a phrase that I got from one of my fellows who lost his life to this disease. 
what he said is, I have a disease that tells me I don't have a disease. It's such a clever way of reminding myself of the phenomena of denial that I deal with as a compulsive overeater. And that denial is, maybe it's not saying, oh, I don't have any issues with food, but maybe it's minimizing the problem, thinking, oh, I can have this one bite, or I can start again tomorrow, or having this ingredient in this food isn't really going to make a difference. I not only have a physical allergy, I have an obsession of the mind. And for me, making a decision that says I don't have a disease, I can handle this, kicks off the obsession of the mind. So I just want to offer that to anybody listening and wish you all a beautiful day. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you so much, Roseanne. Uh, Jack, was there a Jack Debbie out there? I might have been hearing things. Uh, well, I'll circle back. Um, Jackie A. Here, I, here uh, I am, buddy. Jack oh, W. Oh, sorry, sorry. All right. That's okay. There you go. I thought I was unmuted. Thank you so much. Jack W. in Florida. I just, um, in so many years for me, this paragraph, it, for several years, it was, I'm having my sugar-free coffee creamer in my coffee. I don't care what anybody says. I ain't having caffeine. I'm having my sugar-free creamer. And just, uh, you know, Jack's will. And just then there was all those years I didn't know I was putting um, foods in my system that trigger a binge until I found a vision. And I'm talking 30 I went to treatment in 1990, and uh, last December, I got a Vision for You sponsor who had the same issue with some foods I was eating for breakfast that caused a binge, like natural fruits and uh, oatmeal and plain yogurt. So anyway, just an angel from God sent down to... uh, you know, get my neutrality with food, but then I was feeling fatigue and I was constipated, and he suggested getting a nutritionist. So a lady gave me a nutritionist that was um, familiar with addiction, and she changed my plan just a little bit, and it's just been amazing. I just, for so many years, we would read the 12 steps in meetings and on the phone, and I'd just blow through step one, the two parts, I'm powerless, you know, I have a spiritual malady. And then my sponsor, the, when we did the first step, you know, he, he took me to page 30, and it was, um, you know, study this, burn it into you, that we must concede to our innermost selves that we are different from other folks that we are alcoholic and just another thing Saturday I was on a meeting I usually do a couple meetings a day I'll do a Scottsdale meeting at night a big book study and then Saturday there's a good speaker or AA uh, not AA but big book study uh, Harlan does and I believe he said you know you've got to be run through the ringer and so I, I've been remembering that daily, you know, am I run through the ringer? Yes, I've been run through the daggone ringer. I guess I don't have to be. And 
and y'all don't have to be, you know, just uh, arrest it now and have this peace that Charles was talking about, to have integrity, to have love, kindness, gentleness, those fruits of the Spirit. And it's amazing, safe and protected by my higher power. If I got off track on the paragraph, I'm sorry. I just, I'm just uh, in awe. Uh, with the mercy my higher power has given me. So thank you so much, everyone, for being here. I thank you for uh, the mercy of you guys, my sponsor, and my higher power. And uh, have a great day. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Jack. Jackie A., you're up next, followed by Renee A. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much. This is Jackie A., and I'm calling from Connecticut. I... I like the beginning of this paragraph where it's talking about, um, I can do this, like, pretty much like watch. Like, they're anticipating an audience that's going to view them, overcome, like, this God-sent thing or their higher power-sent, you know, situation, experience of of an addiction. Like, me thinking I can pardon God's ways and say, I can do this, and I'm going to do this with an audience so I look cool. Or so, so I feel validated, and I'm like, God, please help me never do that again. Because when I when I was very active in my disease, I I glorified it to the effect of like prospering off of it. Like as a young as a young person, I remember going toe to toe in binge eating contests with men, with huge men, because I thought that was a way to be cool. Because I couldn't fit in with my girlfriends that were anorexic or the CrossFitters that I associated with myself with when I was in my 20s, or the other social workers that I did not want to be like because I wasn't drinking every night and I didn't want to be 100 pounds overweight. So I did these things to lie to myself, to be beyond hypocritical. And then at nighttime, that's when I was binging. At nighttime, that's when I was binge exercising. And it was just like I lived a very fake life because I felt so insecure. And I, I got I know that God has sent me in the last couple months I should say to watch certain films of fellow addicts and, and their stardom. The the Aretha Franklin Respect movie, the Elvis movie, and here I am um watching watching these stars get so high on themselves in egotism that their they their hides came out. I mean like they weren't according to the movies, this is no historian, right? Like, um you know, how they treated their families, how abandoned they were, how reactive they were, and I saw myself in that. And I saw myself in, like, this disease hopping that they experienced. And, yes, they were spiritual people, and I'm a spiritual person, a religious person, and the disease kicked their ass. And I'm just like, you know, I like to go paddleboarding. That doesn't mean I can walk on water. That means I'm, you know, I'm standing on a piece of fiberglass and styrofoam. So I I really like that this paragraph is saying, like, you know, what's the use, what's that? I think, like, what's the use of me trying to play God? Like, I need to stay in my own lane. I need to stay as a human being, learning constantly, and that I don't get to make this disease, and I don't get to make my recovery. I just have to follow, like, where am I? Like, where am I in the steps? Am I getting lost in the, in the, um, the sense of I can play doctor or I can play sponsor or I can play anybody. So 
I just, I'm so grateful for this fellowship. I'm so grateful that we all have our own unique experiences in the food or lack of the food or what have you. I'm just, um, it's always, it's always a gift to learn. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Jackie. Glad you're here with us this morning. Renee A., you're up next, followed by Chris M. Go ahead, Renee. Good morning, everybody. This is Renee A. Um, from Recovered from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I love this paragraph. This paragraph is a perfect description of the mental obsession and of my insanity. Um, you know, it talks about um, starting to drink with it won't burn me this time or or I don't even think at all. And, um, you know, that's just a, a great illustration of that mental blank spot that I have about food. Um, this disease is a trap and there is no way out because once I get into that mental state, then I'm going to eat. And once I start eating, I kick off the, the, um, the phenomenon of craving um, and we just go around and around and around in this cycle with no way out. Um, you know, I got to this program, um, you know, with a life that was completely unmanageable and with, you know, uh, with a, a quite obese body. Um, and I had wanted for years to get out of this, but, you know, there is no way out. This book tells me why. It tells me that I'm beyond human aid. I, I do not have the power to free myself from this trap. Um, that, the, the trap of this disease, um, you know, has, has held me fast for decades before I got into recovery. So um, today I am so grateful that, I, um, that I'm connected to a higher power because that's my only way out of this. I am, I am truly beyond human aid. Um, and, um, you know, I, there was, there's a, a thought that I, I'd heard somewhere in the program. You know, the, my diseased mind that created the problem is incapable of fixing the problem. Um, so if my mind created it, my mind can't be the solution. And today I've got another solution um, and I'm very, very grateful for that because me on my own, I'm not up for the job. So um, with that, I'm going to pass. You guys have a great day. Thanks. Thank you, Renee. Chris M., you're up next, followed by Ramona A. Go ahead, Chris. Hi, it's Chris M., and I'm from Ontario, Canada. Uh, thank you, everybody, for your service. Uh, my higher power told me today uh, to speak on this. I don't often <clears throat> speak at this meeting, but when uh, the reader read the paragraph, it instantly took me back to pre-program when I was uh, participating in a, a fasting, medically supervised weight loss program. And it was the final frontier before I found program and it helped me hit my uh, bottom because, of course, it didn't work. So I remember being on uh, three months of shakes, no food at all. So we drank four shakes a day for three months. And then the three months following that, we slowly introduced food. I remember the second week that I was on shake and every every week we would go to the hospital and meet with our group and do all this stuff. I remember talking to people and I was so happy to not be eating. And I remember telling a few of the girls like, 
I don't, I wish I could never eat again. I wish I could just stay on these sheets forever because I had for the first time felt some kind of, um, you know, peace because I didn't have that, you know, the, all the crap was out of my system by then. And, you know, I felt like, oh, I don't have to eat that. I don't have to eat that. I mean, of course it was not a solution because you can't live like that. And I still had the, the white knuckling. I didn't have the higher power. I didn't have the spiritual solution. So that's why it didn't work. But what it did to help me is to hit my bottom and help me understand my relationship with food so that when I read, when I was ready and came to my knees, ready to do anything to get better, um, this this paragraph, you know, for God's sake, how did I ever get started again? You know, because that was my cycle. I would I would do the diet. I would do the medicine. I would do the program. I would do the exercise. I would do the, phys- the personal trainer, everything and anything under the sun that there is. And I would lose the weight and feel great. And then one bite of my allergies my alcoholic foods and within two weeks always I was back the obsession of the mind the allergy of the body the obsession of the mind and the um you know the cycle that cycle um just would would hit and I would just be crazy more crazy every time and the progression of the disease just was just horrific the last few years I'm really, really grateful to read this today and to be reminded that uh, I need to stay connected to my higher power. I need to work this program. I need to stay connected to my fellows. And I need to consult with my higher power over everything. Like I need to pause throughout the day. I do my morning connection, do my evening connection, but I need to connect all throughout the day so that, you know, I'm connected with my higher power. Okay, I'll finish up. I'm connected with my higher power, and she can direct me in all areas. So with that, I pass. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you, Chris. Ramona A., you're uh, up next, followed by Craig. And uh, if uh, you could just save off a little bit of time there, and we can get you both in. Go ahead, Ramona. Okay. All right. Thanks, Craig. This is Ramona A., recovered in Vermont. Thankfully, gratefully recovered. Uh, hearing this paragraph this morning, it just <laughs> triggered so many memories. You know, a lot of memories pre um, pre OA. You know, just like I, I was always in that mental state of saying, "Oh, this won't hurt," because I and I didn't know anything about addiction. But saying after I lost all my weight through a pain way oh, I can have this candy bar now. I just walked by a store. I can have it now, and nobody will know the difference. You know, I I look perfectly normal. Well, that started the craving, and I could fight off the craving for a a while or once in a while, but it always came back, and the weight always came back on. And then going to another seminar with a nutritionist who said, oh, the only thing you have to do is just eat whatever you like, you know, as much as you want of it until you get so sick and tired of it that you stop. But I knew I'd never get sick and tired of my binge foods, you know, and then saying, oh, I've lost all the weight again, but there's this crisis coming in my family. I'll just have a little bit. Oh, that didn't hurt today, so I guess I'll just have it again, you know. Of course, it 
did what we all know that it will do for me. And so coming into OA was, was really, really the saving grace. And even after a seven-year relapse within working the program, I knew that OA was the only thing that would actually work for me. And so I came back and and uh, with my higher power, yes, I've lost the weight, have stayed abstinent for years and recovered. And um, it's the most wonderful gift. That is the, the dream that I never dreamed could happen. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Ramona. Craig F., you're up next. All right. Thank you. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, this uh, paragraph is uh, another wonderful um, kind of uh, description of the insanity of this disease. And, you know, I checked a few minutes ago. There was like 460 people on the line. And I, I, I think that probably every one of us can identify with that insanity in some form or another. Uh, that's why we're here. And, uh, you know, and identifying with that insanity uh, gets me moving forward a little bit, uh, you know. But uh, what really gets me moving forward is uh, accepting the idea that uh, that there is a way out, and, and that the way out has to do with uh, not necessarily. I mean, a, a better food plan, a good food plan, understanding food that that'll help move me forward towards a way out. Uh, you know, there, there's uh, getting a hold of the fellowship will help move me towards that. But those are not permanent solutions. That the the, the you know, the number of us that have uh, uh, fallen off and binged off of a great food plan is is legion. Uh, you know, the people that have fallen out of the canoe from the middle of the boat uh, is legion. The, the uh, you know, what, what will get me to that point of neutrality, that point of, uh, of a better life is a, a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. You know, the step 12 says, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps, you know, and then it tells us what to do then to move forward and, and practice these principles in all our affairs and to help others. And, and that, that ha, ha, I have a chance to have this other way of life, this better way of life and to move forward. And, and uh, so anyway, I, that's it. I'm going to pass. Thanks. All right, Craig, thank you very much. Um, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We're uh, we're about at that time. Um, so thank you. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, August 29th, 2022, is 19,339. We will now close from the reading on the big book, page 164, um, followed by the serenity prayer. We'll, uh, sorry, <laughs> just lost my little page here. Um, it's Renee, Rick. Thanks. Well, Renee A., please uh, read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Renee A. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. 
God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.